Hey, everybody. Welcome to You Were Born for this podcast with Father John Ricardo, Mary Guilfoyle. We're a couple of missionaries at Acts 29, and this is the podcast where we talk about anything and everything having to do with transformation in the church. And Mary, so this is the third time we've started to record this podcast <laughs> because I broke into a coughing spell, then you broke into a coughing spell. And so I'm sitting here going, I think God really wants to say something to somebody through this. I, I actually really mean that. Well, my, my first thought was... Like I never get a coughing spell. No, no, you don't. Who does? You do. I do. Yeah. Um, my first thought was, after my coughing spell, was um, the enemy doesn't want this message. Either God's telling us out. this is a stupid topic, or <laughs> the enemy doesn't want us to rouse up somebody to do something great. I guess we'll let our listeners decide. All right. So given that, what's the topic? So our topic for this week is um, don't bury your gifts in the ground. Yeah, don't bury your gifts in the ground, for gosh sakes. So uh, let's pray that... Praise we, that the Lord won't, uh, he'll, he'll prevent us from burying our gifts in the ground right now. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for everything. Because everything is a gift. Our life, everything that we can do, the things that we can't do, everything's a gift. Lord, we ask that you would help us to come to a deeper awareness of the gifts that you've given to us and what it is that you're asking us to do with them so that we might be roused to do great things for the glory and the honor of your name and continue the work of mission which Jesus began on Easter Sunday. We ask all this in his most powerful name. Amen, Amen. Father John. In the name of the, the Father, Father Son, and Son, Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. So you're getting peppered with questions I know right now from people who either were at the equipping day that we did right. a couple weeks ago or they're emailing or calling. Um, and one of the common questions you're getting is what? Um, so the question that people are asking is, you know, what makes um, the Rescue Project unique from other, you know, video series or small group experiences? And, and, and we would say there's, there's, there's probably five features around the Rescue Project that, 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 that market as as different from others and the first not is better just different right? different right um and the first one is obviously i mean you're you're up front and center you're presenting on all these uh in the series and and you're a priest that's that's pretty clear you've got a collar on right right so it's it's, it's immediately identifiable it's catholic, catholic. Yeah, that's catholic right. yeah. and um and the other the other thing that father john that you do so beautifully that i find very few other experiences do is that you highlight the enemy and by that you know, would say that you shine a bright light on the enemy who has his own unique plan and strategy for our lives. In other words, you highlight the bad news right. so as to appreciate the astounding news, the, the unbelievable great news that we've been rescued from from his hands. Yeah, right? so uh, we, we've heard from people, you know, like, hey, I've watched episode one and two, and um, I haven't heard mm -hmm. a lot from, I heard one thing from one person who was in episode three, and Three and four get really dark and uh, because the bad news is really bad, right? Which is why the good news is extraordinary. I think the gospel is not good news for a lot of people because they have no idea what the How bad, bad news is. How bad the bad news right? was and is. Which sets up what we often refer to as kind of a, a muscular Christianity, which is, I think, one of the third 
one of the third distinctive things about what we do in, in the rescue project. What do you mean by that, Father John, when you talk about a muscular... I mean, Jesus is buff. <laughs> yes, he is. We do have a buff Lord. I, he's got to be, right? I mean, this is if God's going to give himself a body, he's taking a good mm-hmm. body. Taking a good body. I, and I actually mean that. The guy works with stone, stone. every day, right? That's he right. walked everywhere. I mean, the Jesus labor. was in shape. So, um, no, what we mean by that is... Um, actually, he was in shape. Look at the shroud. You'll know that. Um uh, that Jesus isn't just kind. He is kind, but he's not just kind. He's Lord. He's unconquerable. He's, yeah, he's the king. He, he's that. triumphant. He's right? done something yeah. about death. That's right. right. Only he has. Yeah, I think it's Erasmo Leva Maricacus says, mm-hmm. you know, Jesus didn't come um, to tell a story. Jesus came to perform a deed, and the deed was the destruction of death. Exclamation! Bam! Point. Drop yeah. the mic. Yeah, there right? it is. There it is. And then the next, and, and then the next unique um, uh, feature of the rescue project, and and this was very much on our hearts as we were um, collaborating with the Lord, is it highlights the Eucharist. In other words, it situates the Mass hmm. and the whole story. Right. Yeah, and it's interesting because we interesting. It's providential. When we were creating this, uh, the bishops hadn't called for the Eucharistic revival yet. And now that they have, I mean, we're just thrilled that we have in here. Um, it was really a, an, an adamant desire to to help connect the Mass, the Eucharist, a sacramental worldview into the basic proclamation of the Gospel. So that happens in this. And then the last thing is, I think is my favorite talk to give. We gave it often, and it's 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 the final talk of the Rescue Project, and it's it's just called Getting Clarity in the Mission. I would agree, Father John, and I would say to that end, it's just not only our favorite talk, um, but it's so well-received, whether you're, you know, seven, eight years old or whether you're 80 years old, it rouses us to greatness, which is what we're going to press into right now. Exactly. Right? So let's let's press into this a little bit just because of um, two things. One is um, the readings from this past Sunday, which really focused on humility, and then I found it curious that the reading on Saturday, the gospel, was the parable of the talents, you know, where Jesus gives one man five talents and another person two talents and one person one talent. And one person with the one talent buried it in the ground. So I want to I want to just like think of this last talk, Clarity in the Mission, in light of the Gospels that we just heard um, Saturday and Sunday. So Sunday was all in humility. You know, the, the Gospel, the those who exalt themselves will be humbled. Those who humble themselves will be exalted. And you know, humility is one of these things that as Catholics and as Christians, I think we talk often about, I'm not sure how often we understand humility rightly. I think a light bulb went off for me when I was reading Peter Crafe some years ago, and he, he made the observation, I think this is him, so he'll correct me if it's not him or somebody will. Um, humility isn't thinking little of yourself. Humility is thinking little about yourself. That's a huge distinction, a, right? It, it, it's a clarifying definition. Yeah. Right? I love it. Yeah. So in other words, it doesn't mean like, oh, I'm not anything. I don't have any gifts. I can't do anything. It means you just don't even spend time Give thinking about, about yourself. yourself. Hey, you're thinking about others and about the Lord and what you can do, right? So another way to think about humility is um, humility is, is truth. And the truth is everything I have is a gift. gift. Yeah, absolutely. One of my favorite lines in in Paul is, you know, like he's talking to his, uh, I think it's the Corinthians, and he says, name something you have that you have not received. Hmm, let me think about that. Um, Nothing. Like everything I have 
is a gift. So as Christians, I think we do a decent job with humility. Here's the problem. Um, it, can, it can go to an extreme, I think, sometimes. And this is where that don't bury your gifts in the sand or in the ground comes into play. So I wrote about uh, a couple of weeks ago in our Thoughts from the Trailer a, a great book that we were reading as a team called Coached by Joan of Arc, Lessons in Virtuous Leadership. And I think we were all just blown away by one chapter in particular. In this chapter, um, the, the, the author who's writing as if it's Joan teaching us or coaching us talks about magnanimity, which is not a word that... That we one, can easily pronounce. <laughs> Spell check just like <laughs> hammers me on it. It doesn't roll off the tongue and almost nobody that I know of uses it. So magnanimity, as uh, this person defines it, I love this definition, get a load of this, is the virtue of those who consider themselves capable of great things and who affirm their dignity and greatness through their words and deeds. So here's, here's how I would make the relationship between humility and magnanimity. Humility, the emphasis is on um, everything I have is a gift. Magnanimity, so everything is a gift. Magnanimity is like, yeah, but everything is a gift. In other words, like, the, the, you have gifts because God gave them to you, and God doesn't want, give cheap gifts. And he wants you to spend the gift. He yeah, wants exactly. You to use so he's a good giver. Gift. He's given you an abundance. Everybody, there isn't, there isn't any one of us who doesn't have, you know, a plethora of natural and supernatural gifts. God's given them. I didn't deserve them, but I have them. And he expects us, right? Now it's time to do something to with use them. them. And, 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 that, and that's where we move into this whole call on, on mission. But sometimes we step back from mission because we think... Um, we think ourselves little, we think ourselves incapable, and yet um, God has entrusted to us these treasures, yep. the, these strengths. Yep. And he, you know, when he brings transformation to your life, it's just not for yourself. It's to go out and to be agents, That's right. we would say, of transformation, putting to use those very gifts. Yeah, and, it's, and, and I might add, us. not only sometimes do we think, you know, I'm too... Uh, or I'm, I'm nothing, I don't have anything to offer. We can also think the world is too strong and I can't make a difference. And that's a lie. So what are we supposed to do with these gifts that God has given to us? And so in this final talk, we break open the way the Lord's kind of led us to preach on what is the mission, right? And um, we use oftentimes this quote from C.S. Lewis where he says, you know, the story of Christianity is the story of how the rightful king has landed in disguise and he's called us all to take part in a great campaign of sabotage. If that doesn't rouse you to, to greatness, I uh, don't know what abso- Absolutely. And, you know, going back to the, the book that we were talking right. about, uh, these lessons in leadership, the author says, to seed the terrain of greatness to unbelievers, agnostics, and atheists is to leave in their hands this world ransomed by Christ for the sons and daughters of God. How wretched and what a travesty of justice. So 
So what we go back over and over again. What was Jesus doing on Easter Sunday? He was beginning the recreation of this world which he loves and which one day he will definitively recreate. Until that day comes, you and I, every single one of us, with the gifts we have, whether that's medicine, sports, coaching, business, uh, nursing, parenting, whatever the gift might be, right? Use the stinking gifts to do something great, like to make the world your world, the world that you're engaged in, the sphere that you have influence over. Make it more in keeping with God, with how God created it to be, right? Does that make sense? That makes To not do that is to bury the gift in the ground. And to not do that is, um, you know, what? It, it's that, that quote that you just shared from the author, such a mighty one, it, it's a quote worth putting somewhere in, in, in your scriptures or on your mirror or somewhere where you can see it every day. Who, who wants to hand over this world that God so loved, that as you just said, recreated to those who do not know him. Um, to stand by and idly do nothing is how the enemy prevails. That's right. It's how the enemy prevails. And, and to understand magnanimity is to understand how God makes saints. So I, I can't think of magnanimity without thinking of St. Ignatius of Loyola. So Ignatius is this man who's so easy to relate to, who is just obsessed with making of his life something great. Right. He, he wants to do something heroic. He, like, that's, that's of God. Like, God made us to do great things. That's not ego. At least it doesn't have to be ego. In his case, he's understanding wrongly that greatness is going to be like, I'm going to win battles so that I can impress women, so that I can, I can attract people to myself. It's all vainglory. And then he gets injured. He has no faith whatsoever. He gets injured, and as he's convalescing, rehabilitating from a leg which was broken a second time out of his vanity because he didn't want people to see him walk with a limp. Someone hands him, a family member hands him, a life of Christ and a life of the saints. And he is so roused by reading the lives of the saints that the Holy Spirit moves within him to say to himself, why can't I do great things for God? And suddenly it's not ego anymore. Now it's just about him, about him the Lord, That's what God wants to do in each and every one of us. He wants to rouse us to do great things. So Ignatius is going, why can't God do in me what he did in Francis? Why can't he do in me what he did in Bernard? Why can't he do in me what he did in the apostles? And he can. Not not to be clones of them, but but to put everything at his feet, to put everything at his disposal and say, Lord, all I have is a gift. I want to make a good return with this gift. And when we give this talk, when we were just down on the college campus at LSU, like the kids just go for this, right? Because it's like, here they are studying, trying to figure out what they're going to do with these gifts that they've given. I want to do something more than just make money. I want to change the world, right? Right. Well, change the world for God. Change your world for God. And we're all called to do that, and we all can do that. Some of us will be on a stage. Some of us will be in a corner of nowhere that no one will ever see but God. doesn't matter. Like Mother Teresa said, do little things with great love. That's magnanimity. I hope, you know, gosh, I have, you're so right. Just preach it. I, I, I have so many thoughts. Um, one of them that comes to my mind right now is um, God wants to use ordinary people. Ordinary people, that, 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 that's people like me. Ordinary people to do extraordinary things. Mm. Um, 
another thought, you were talking about, you know, the, the folks down at LSU, you know, these young men and young women who are on the precipice of uh, stepping out into the world, you know, to be world changers. But this talk also speaks to young boys. There was a, there was, there was a young boy that we encountered. We were leading a mission um, in Florida, and he was very taken, Father John, I think, with that whole idea of being an agent of sabotage or being an agent of resistance. What did he, what did he say to you when Yeah, we were talking about the members of the resistance. And, and, and to be clear, right, the sabotage just can give so many bad connotations today. I mean, the only things we're trying to, quote, unquote, blow up are things in the enemy's hands. And we do it with the weapons of love and truth and right, kindness, right, not right. with the weapons of this yeah, world. Yeah, yeah. So just be clear. Gosh, it's terrible you even have to say that, right? But this little boy who we'd never met, right, he came up with his mom. He walked right up to me. He goes, I want to be a member of the resistance. A little 12-year-old. I mean, he just got like lit suddenly. Like, okay, suddenly Jesus just became a man for me and not this kind of wimpy, sappy, nice guy it's like i want i want to be on his side because he just kicked hell's behind absolutely that little boy stood stood tall he was a doll um father john who who is it that said this when you were talking about you know the lives of the saints so the saints were human just like you and i right and who who is it that says the greatest tragedy in this life is not to be a saint yeah i think it's leon blois That, that that's just so mighty i mean who doesn't want to be a saint and to be a saint is to want to be great. And, and, and that's what magnanimity is all about, understanding that we have the potential, with God's grace, to do great things here and now to build for the kingdom of God. Amen. Yeah. And that's why this podcast has the title that it has. You were born for this. That's right. That, that, like, well, I was born for this. Or you were born for No, you. If you're listening, you were born for this. Which means you were born for this time for a particular mission. That's right. God has a particular call on all of our lives. And like you said, it's kind of looked different for everybody else. And as I'm listening to you talk, I went back to, um, you know, just that, that definition of it's the virtue of those who consider themselves capable of great things and who affirm their dignity and greatness through what they say and what they do. I'm wondering if... For those of us who don't think of ourselves that way, what might be a barrier that's keeping us from believing that we're capable of God of great things? I'm just wondering if that's worth taking to prayer. Say, Lord, if there is something in my life that's keeping me from really appreciating this tremendous virtue and that you're calling me to more, what might be blocking that? Yeah, there's a, there's a, I'll give you Does an image. Sense? That's, yeah, I'll give you an image that's coming to mind as you're asking that that I've always found helpful. So. I've always used this. I heard somebody describe Our Lady this way one time, and it helped me to understand why Mary has the role that she has. And it might have even been Scott Hahn. I don't remember. The image was um, God is the greatest artist. Like, that's one of the ways to think of him. He, he, he just creates masterpieces. And imagine God taking you into his showroom, and in the showroom are, like, all these, you know, like unbelievable pieces of art, you know, statues and paintings and carvings and whatever. And uh, each and every one of us is one of those masterpieces. The greatest of all the masterpieces is Mary, you know, and so she's a she's created by him. She's just the greatest thing he created because Jesus isn't created, right? He's a divine person, not a human person, but Mary's a human person. 
you and I are those other pieces in the showroom. You know, and so maybe one of the things to do is for some of us just just to ask the Lord in our own prayer. Because this is, we got to be careful we don't have false humility here. Like, oh, no, I don't think I can do anything great. Yes, you can. And you were supposed to. Again, that doesn't mean be famous. That's not what greatness means. I think that's part of the problem in mm-hmm. our culture. We've, we've equated celebrity with greatness. <laughs> Those two things have nothing in common, right? Nothing in common. Uh, greatness is something entirely different. Greatness is measured by how I love the Lord and love my neighbor. And, and we're all called to do that. We all can do that. But for those of us maybe who are just battling our own doubts, insecurities, lack even, of self-worth. And fear. Fear. Just ask the Lord, Lord, help me to see you. Help me to see myself as one of those masterpieces in your showroom and to see him mm-hmm. walk in with a crowd of people and take them right up to you and that's go, beautiful. that's so-and-so. I made her or I made him and I abundantly poured out gifts into them and I've created them for this moment in history watch what I'm going to do in and through him or in and through her and this is why the enemy didn't want this podcast recorded because God's talking to somebody right now Mm, I love that Father John he's talking to many of us right now don't bury your gifts in the ground Do not be afraid. God is with you, and you were born for this.